Blog Talk Radio. The following is a post time with Mike and Mike production. Dresmick Wicked is lonely on the lead. He's up by four on the outside. Don't tell me again. Cutting into the margin, but it's Mick Wicked. Four years later, back at the top of the sport. Homicide Hunter who sweeps past to the outside. Homicide Hunter trotting into the finish. It's Homicide Hunter who will hit the line. 148 and 4. The fastest trotter ever. Dewey did done good down the boulevard of broken dreams. Walker Meister coming at him. Walker Meister on the outside getting the best of him. Walker Meister in front. Giddy Three wide, all bets off. They're at the top of the stretch. Rocket Ron turns first in the Battle of Lake Erie. On the outside, bit of a legend. Rocket Ron, bit of a legend on the outside. Bit of a legend. This year's battle champion. 23 and 1. Homeward bound in gold cup and soccer. 59 somewhere. Penty rocking in heaven. Rose Run West is there. Here is the French connection. The alerts have won it. Fine. Twinkle takes aim in the passing lane. Now Caviar Alley in full gear outside. Shark start a feeling. Caviar Alley all out. Shark digging deep. Shark is going to dig in here and get the win here. Shark up on the front end. That none shall pass for Tim Dietrich. You're tuned in to the official podcast of the Sport of Harness Racing Post Time with Mike and Mike with co-host Mike Carter. Foiled again! Holds on to win! Foiled again! Tough as nails! And Mike Bozich. The Iron Horse has cemented his legacy! Giddy Don't touch that dial. You've got another action-packed rendition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by the United States Trotting Association and Bet America. Mike Carter joining you live from the United States Trotting Association studios in Columbus, Ohio. And what a show we have for you this morning. But first, we've got a special co-host this morning, one of our correspondents, Mr. Nick Barnsdale. Nick, what's going on, man? Hey, uh, yeah, I'm not Mike Bozich. This is a little bit weird. Uh, I, I guess it's the Mike Mike and Nick show today, but yeah, I'm 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 happy to be on the show. 
All right. What an action-packed show that we have coming up uh, for our listeners today, Nick. But first, let's talk about the Breeders' Crown eliminations from last week. Uh, actually, you know what? Before we even touch on that, let's talk about uh, the breaking news over the last 24 hours. Roger Houston is stepping aside from the Meadows after 44 years, and we just learned about a half hour ago that he'll be joining the Ohio Harness Horsemen's Association as an ambassador of racing. Well, you know, I don't think there's any better guy for Ohio. He's he's just he's a legend. Even even people outside of the harness racing circle know who Roger Houston is and he's yeah, like I said, he's just a legend. So I think that's a pretty good appointment. You know, one thing about it, Nick, is, you know, that he's been a staple for the sport of so long, uh, for so long. Um, just about every major stake race, uh, he has had his name attached to it at one point or another. And, you know, when when you lose something like that, uh, like uh, we are right now, you know, it, you know, it's always tough. And uh, he st- still says he's going to call the little brown jug. He'll be calling some fairs uh, here in Ohio, and I'm sure we'll be seeing a lot of Roger uh, throughout the uh, throughout the season. Yeah, he uh, he he was up in uh, he was up in Ontario last week. He went and called uh, Leamington Raceway, um, one of the uh, one of the really small tracks here. And uh, it, but it is it is a little bit sad in a way to see to see a legend kind of uh, step away a little bit like that. Not the whole way, of course, but uh, but yeah, it is, it is a little bit sad. All right, the Breeders' Crown is upon us, and it all comes down to the Breeders' Crown, and it is a Breeders' Crown action-packed program. We're going to be talking to the Director of Communications, Mark McKelvey, uh, who will discuss the happenings at Woodbine Mohawk Park this weekend. And Nick, Woodbine Mohawk Park is kind of in your backyard, and they do a lot of great promotional items and things like that for fans. It's really a great place to watch a race. Yeah, that's my that's my home track, and I. I I think it's one of the best places. I mean, there's the Meadowlands, of course, and the Red Mile, but it's up there. Yeah, they'll they're gonna do they're gonna do a lot of fun stuff over the course of the weekend. You can expect some T-shirt tosses uh, from some of the drivers. Uh, McNair's got a, a pretty rocket arm, so you're gonna have to watch out for that if you're in the crowd. And uh, and uh, some giveaways, stuff like that. It, it should be fun if you're uh, if you're a listener, in Ontario, come, come on down. Now, listen, I, I don't want to see your dad jumping up and down trying to catch a T-shirt, okay? He's going to be in the first turn. We don't need to see him running anywhere, okay? So, no, uh, the, and I know Garnet's going to be listening to the show, uh, so we'll have to razz him as the show goes on. Uh, but uh, we're going to talk to our man trainer, Tony Alanya. Tony has not, excuse me, has eight opportunities to win Breeders' Crown Finals. He's got a pair of horses and a couple of uh, finals coming up. He brought nine horses, Nick, and to make with eight of nine, he told Jason Portwando and Chad Rosima the other day uh, during the post-position draw, I don't come here to lose. I come here to make the final. It's going to be interesting to see what Tony has up his sleeve. Yeah, I was talking to him the other day, and um, he he seemed pretty excited about his horses. I was in the paddock, and I was and I was interviewing him about Treacherous Rain and, and some of his better contenders. He's a uh, I think he's got a good shot with a few of them. Some of them are a little bit higher on the morning line than I would expect. And uh, I think he can, he, he can certainly upset. He's one of the best big race trainers uh, in the continent. All right. We're going to be talking to our man, Chris Page. And Chris and I go way back. We'll have to see if uh, maybe we'll bring up some old stories. Maybe not. But uh, he drove Baron Remy in last year's Breeders' Crown. And, you know, he, he enters 2019 off of one of his biggest – career seasons thus far but he brings mission accepted into the open trot who's coming off a game victory it's going to be really cool to watch him drive against horses like bold eagle 
Yeah, and you know, I, I, I know you're uh you got some high hopes for him with mission accepted as as we'll take a look at later. But yeah, he's he's a staple on the Ohio circuit now. He's one of the best drivers there. And uh it'll be exciting to see him back in the crown for another year. All right. We're also going to talk to a late entrant. Uh, Pete Wren uh, is going to join the program as Peter Wren will drive Chin Chin Hall, who's in the nifty Norman barn now. And Chin Chin Hall uh, has always seems like he's been the bridesmaid, never the bride, but he always manages to kind of stick his nose in there and, uh, you know, compete. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. He's been uh, he's been pretty close for for the four of the past five weeks, I think. And, uh, you know, he's just been that little step that little uh, little bit of horse shy of uh, beating that monster the which is green shoe and uh, I'll be I'll be interested to see if he can if he can get him this week all right we're going to take a quick time out when we come back Mark McKelvey joins post time with Mike and Mike presented by the United States Trotting Association and Bet America we'll be right back the Jason Beam horse racing podcast brought to you by Twinspire is your home for daily thoroughbred horse racing conversation. Join host Jason Bean as he discusses racing from around the country, interviews jockeys, trainers, media personalities, and horse players every Monday through Friday. The show can be found at Twinspires.com or on iTunes, Spreaker, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts from. The Jason Beam Horse Racing Podcast, brought to you by Twinspires. Every year, the Harness Horse Youth Foundation travels the country to share the love of harness racing with the next generation. The Harness Horse Youth Foundation educates, introducing youth to new friends and opportunities. The Harness Horse Youth Foundation has been a positive influence in the lives of thousands of young people since 1976. Learn how you can support bringing kids and horses together, building a stronger future for the sport. Visit hhyf.org. That's hhyf.org. Hey, racing fans. We all know the ride begins well before the starting gate. Stay warmed up around the clock at PennHorseRacing.com, your home for all things harness and thoroughbred racing. PennHorseRacing.com gives you the inside track on betting, industry events, breeding, news, and more. You know, everything that'll give you an edge come post time. Visit PennHorseRacing.com today. Brought to you by the Pennsylvania Horse Racing Association. Gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER. We're back on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by the United States Trotting Association and Bet America. Mike Carter joining you live from the Post Time with Mike and Mike studios in Columbus, Ohio, joined by special co-host Nick Barnsdale. And Nick will be road tripping this weekend as we head to Woodbine Mohawk Park. Got a pair of live remotes coming up on Friday and Saturday night. It's going to be a lot of fun. Well, you'll be road tripping. I'll I'll just be taking a straight (laughs) shot uh, south. But yeah, I I can't wait. Uh, the Breeders' Crown's in my backyard at my favorite track, so it, yeah, I'm pretty excited. 
All right, let's talk some more Breeders' Crown as Mark McKelvey, the Director of Communications at Woodbine Mohawk Park, joins the program now. And, Mark, I'll tell you what, what an exciting week it has been thus far. It kicked off with the post-position draw on Tuesday. There seems to be a lot of action and excitement, and, of course, you guys have to be ready for uh, the man Bold Eagle to show up on your racetrack. Yeah, it's uh, been a really busy week here so far, and uh, it's only going to get busier over the next couple nights, but... Uh, basically everything has been building up to this and there's been a lot of work going into this Breeders' Crown event for uh, over a year now. So to see it all coming together and uh, to see everything happening right here uh, at Mohawk Park and and to have a horse like Bold Eagle right on our grounds, uh, it's been a lot of fun to this point and it's only going to continue. All right, Mark, uh, thanks for that. Uh, Good to hear from you. I'm sure you're getting sick of me already this weekend, uh, (laughs) but uh, well, what goes into planning an event like this? You talked about how it's been going on all year round, but just, just how do you, how do you get this thing together? Basically, it's it's a situation where you've got to get everybody from all your different uh, departments together and, and to start building towards this this one goal of putting on the best event possible. So, um, when you think about it, you know a lot of people probably listening to this show think about it from the racing point of view and um, you know the great racing action and and obviously the wagering items, but. There's a lot of other things that go into this, including, you know, taking care of your guests and, and everybody's going to come here. The, the biggest thing we want is for everybody to have a great experience. So whether you are the owner of a Breeders' Crown favorite or you're you know, somebody from just down the street who's looking for a night out, everybody that comes here needs to have a good experience and to walk away uh, feeling like um, their needs were met. And I think that's the biggest thing is that we don't want anything to go um, missed. So there's been committees formed and we've been having meetings, like I said, for over a year and Today we'll have a walkthrough to, to see how everything's coming together and um, to make sure that nothing is missed. So there's a lot that goes into it, and um, you know we've got a great team here at Woodbine Entertainment, so we're really lucky. Now, Mark, talk to us a little bit about you know what patrons can expect on track on uh, Friday and Saturday night. Obviously, um, you know there'll be a handful of promotions going on. There'll be tons of things happening, but uh, and also kind of give us an update on uh, you know seating inside. Uh, is there any seats still available? There are some grandstand indoor grandstand seats still available. So um, if people are looking for tickets um, and they're looking for a spot, they, they want to just be able to have a spot where they can. Uh, uh, you know, hunker down and, and be able to leave their jackets, watch the great racing, stay warm and have a good view. There are some indoor grandstand seats available, but there aren't very many. So uh, I would suggest people head to our website, woodmindmohawkpark.com to, to check that out. And, and we've got a great uh, deal, I think, on those indoor grandstand seats. It's $20 and that's 20 bucks for both nights. So essentially you break that down $10 a night to have one of the best views of the track. I think you can't beat that. But overall on site, there's going to be a lot of activations going on. There'll be giveaways. Uh, each night on Friday night we're going to be giving away Breeders Crown toques to the first 1500 fans and then on Saturday night we're going to be giving away Breeders Crown blankets to the first 1500 fans so just to kind of go with the the time of the year of course it's getting a lot cooler out and um, it'll be interesting to see um, you know the visuals and where everybody goes on those nights so you know we are planning that you have to have a lot of things set up indoors just based on the temperature and whatnot but hopefully you know we get some really good weather and and we'll see lots of people um, outside and enjoying um, the best part of Mohawk Park and that's being able to go right up to the rail and basically reach out and touch the horses. Yeah and let's talk a little bit more uh, about the racing action now. Uh, What races are you personally most excited uh, to watch? 
Well, I guess I could break that into two parts. On Friday night, I'm really looking forward to the two-year-old pacing Phillies. Um, this is quite a deep group, and based off the eliminations last week, and I always love when you get an event and you have three eliminations because uh, it adds a lot more uh, storylines to the whole event, I think. And we had three really impressive winners last week. Um, and when you go back and look at what Lion Sentinel's done, including her win in the She's a Great Lady, um, priceless coming from Indiana, I think a lot of people thought, oh, this is a nice filly, but now I think they think this is a special filly. So to see her get this big chance for trainer driver Brandon Bates and New Year, who is a uh, kind of come I don't want to say come out of nowhere but she she made her uh, name known in Lexington and then to follow up her win in the International Stallion Stake and win her elimination it was very impressive so you got three uh top fillies that came out of their eliminations as winners and I'm not even talking about Al- Ali Corn yet who finished second and uh has been superb up here uh, at Mohawk Park so I'm really looking forward to that race I think there's a lot of intrigue in there and um you know you wonder with four the inside four all looking maybe just another level ahead of everyone how are things going to shake out? Are we going to see uh, some interesting action? And, and does that potentially set up for an upset? You never know. So I'm really looking forward to that race. And uh, the second part of that on Saturday night, um, of course, I've got to say the open trot and, and just the uh, interest in seeing Bold Eagle race here in North America. Uh, it's going to be really something special. And of course, you know, being able to work on the, the media communication side here at Woodbine Mohawk Park to see the coverage that we're getting um, internationally, it's, it's amazing. And so, um, you know, I don't have a strong opinion yet on whether or not Bold Eagle will um, be successful. I think he's got a chance to win, but he's a little bit of an unknown at this point. Uh, in this group but uh, the one thing I hope for is that we see a great race and I'm sure we will with uh, such a deep group of 11 open trotters now Mark let's kind of talk about some of the or one of the hometown heroes so to speak and one thing I notice about Canadian racing just in general is they kind of rally around um, their hometown heroes Uh, we saw what they did with some beach somewhere we saw what uh, San Pale was able to accomplish and uh, how excited everybody got but Poppy Rob Hanover Wow, what an amazing effort he put in. And, of course, he's by the great Sun Beach somewhere. This is a horse, uh, Ontario bred. And, you know, he, you know, he came, to, went to, he came to the Metro with second Tall Dark Stranger and finally gave Tall Dark Stranger that defeat. This is, an, this is a pretty special horse, and it's got to mean a lot to a lot of people in Canada. Yeah, I think uh, especially at the Breeders' Crown, everybody here is going to take a lot of pride in seeing the local horses do very well. Um, you know, and any time when we have Grand Circuit events, you want to see the hometown uh, horses hold their own and then be successful. And we've seen that throughout this season here at Woodmine Mohawk Park. You go back to the Canadian Pacing Derby when Courtly Choice pulled off that upset win. So I think there's a lot of that. There's a lot of hometown pride. Um, and at the same time, uh, I think there's no doubt in my mind that the horses that race up here, especially these Ontario Sire State horses, um, they belong at that Grand Circuit level. You know, you talk about Poppy Rob Hanover and the two-year-old Colt Pace. Um, you know, he defeated Tall Dark Stranger. I'm expecting a big bounce back from Tall Dark Stranger to see this son of Better's Delight who, um, you know, he skipped the OSS Super Final um, to race in Lexington and then get ready for the Breeders' Crown. They've got their eyes on the biggest prizes, and, and I expect to see that just to be a, a great race. But uh, to your point, um, going through all of these finals, there's a lot of hometown horses that uh, they will certainly have their uh, special rooting sections here at Mohawk Park on Friday and Saturday. Now, one last question before we let you go. What's it been like to have all this international media attention? Of course, you guys get a ton of media attention anyway, you know, for the Pepsi North America Cup, Canadian Trotting Classic, um, the Pacing Derby. Uh, but with Bold Eagle, it kind of it, it makes it different. 
uh, so to speak. And, you know, obviously you're getting worldwide attention now instead of, you know, just North American and maybe a little bit of, you know, Swedish attention. What's that been like for you guys? Um, it's, it's a lot of fun, especially in, in my role when you're exchanging emails with uh, folks uh, in Europe. And, and I would say that my media list has grown for the last uh, couple of weeks uh, preparing for this event, uh, making lots of new connections. So on a personal level, it's a lot of fun to network and, and to make those connections and just to see how far uh, you know our sport reaches and, and how passionate people are in different parts of the world. I think it'll be a lot of fun next week when I can sit down and go through, um, especially from the post position draw video and, and go to those uh, those the details of our of our website and see where the hits were coming from because I would imagine we've had a lot uh, coming from uh, France and Sweden like you mentioned and I'm expecting a lot of that on our live streams uh, this weekend of course people can watch all of the great racing action uh, by going to our website woodbymohawkpark.com free programs free live streaming available but uh, you know just to your point your question there um, this is a lot of fun and uh, I think. Um, we're going to have a few more European uh, media members come into town for the weekend. So, uh, again, like I said, being able to network and connect with them and, and to make sure that, um, you know, we pride ourselves on being a world-class racing facility. So here's an opportunity um, to be able to reach new parts of the world and show them what we are. So I'm looking forward to this opportunity, and I know our entire team is as well. All right, Mark. Well, listen, best of luck to you this weekend. I know it's going to be a great weekend. We've got a team headed out there to uh, broadcast the races on Friday and Saturday night. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, it's going to be a blast. We can't wait to have you guys here, and uh, maybe we'll save some of those toques and blankets for you. It could get a little chilly. (laughs) We might need them. Thanks, buddy. Thank you. All right, Mark McKelvey, the Director of Communications at Woodbine Mohawk Park. And Nick, what a weekend um, that they have coming up for them. But from a promotional and wagering standpoint, they've really uh, gone all out. Yeah, they have. Um, They always go all out now for for big events like this. But they just make it so much fun for for both the better, the hardcore fan, the casual fan, and the first-timer. It's just – it's a great experience. And I think I'm going to go have – go have to try to catch one of those toques or blankets because I'll certainly be needing one. What is a toque? A toque is a beanie. Ah, okay. So a beanie. So, okay. That makes more sense. Okay. So so can, yeah. You Canadians in your weird terms. You, God, Canadians in your use. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's, that's what it is, <laughs> All right, we're going to take a short time out. When we come back, Nick and I will take a look at a couple of the Breeders' Crown races. Tony Alanya is on deck as well, along with driver Chris Page and Peter Wren. You've got a lot more coming up on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by the United States Trotting Association and Bet America. We will be right back. Over the past 25 years, Hoosier Park has revolutionized harness racing across the nation. The action returns Friday, March 30th, with racing every Tuesday through Saturday, starting at 6.30 p.m. Join the revolution at Hoosier Park Racing and Casino. Visit HoosierPark.com for more information. The Meadowlands racing season is just heating up with large fields, bigger purses, nightly promotions, and some of the greatest restaurants in New Jersey. There are plenty of places to catch all of the exciting action. 
First post on Friday and Saturday nights is 715. For more information and reservations, call 201 The Big M or visit PlayMetalands.com. Mike Bozich here along with Mike Carter for Pacing for the Cure. Do you or someone you love with multiple sclerosis have a difficult time paying for your MS medications or need medical equipment such as a wheelchair or scooter? Pacing for the Cure can help. Please visit the pacingforthecure.org website and complete the mobility aid application. If eligible, you may receive funding. Again, that's pacingforthecure.org. Mike? Are you a harness racing trainer, driver, or owner? Please join the list of those who pledged in 2017 for the $1 per win challenge. The 2018 challenge has begun and wins tally from January 1st through October 31st. If you are interested in joining the challenge, please email jeff at pacingforthecure.org. Thank you, drivers, trainers, and owners. Once again, that's pacingforthecure.org. Southern Oaks has been the winter home of many great horses competing in several different stakes programs. It's home to leading trainers such as Irv Miller, John Shane, Eddie Lohmeyer, and Ian Moore, just to name a few. The farm is conveniently located within 45 minutes of both the Orlando Airport and Daytona Beach in sunny Florida. Southern Oaks, arguably the best training surface in all of Florida, has stalls for rent for the winter season. For more information, visit southernoakstraining.com. That's southernoakstraining.com. We're back on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by the United States Trotting Association and Bet America. Mike Carter joining you live from the USTA studios in Columbus, Ohio, joined by a special co-host this week, Nick Barnsdale. And Nick, let's take a look at a little bit of the racing action coming up at Woodbine Mohawk Park on a Friday and a Saturday night. What an amazing couple of programs they've put together but we're going to kick things off on friday night in the sixth race the breeders crown two-year-old philly trot and how about sister sledge last week putting it to hypnotic am who draws inside of her it's going to be interesting to see what kind of a trip sister sledge gets here but may baby really kind of impressed me a little bit and then of course you have miss savannah bell from post five well, Sister Sledge is my pick in this race. Uh, she's been a beast all year. Um, in the in those Pennsylvania Sire Stakes race, I remember. Um, I remember when my filly was still uh, was still racing in those. I remember um, fearing going up against this horse, and and she's she's come through very well. That last mile just kind of proves that she went right by Hypnotic AM. As for the uh, inside outside factor, uh, the one hole in Mohawk is actually really disadvantageous. So. I wouldn't be surprised if Sister Sledge got around her into the first turn. Listen, you can't use those big words uh, on me because uh, <laughs> I, I don't I don't understand easy. Okay, so uh, yeah, the one hole's bad. <laughs> <laughs> All right, race number seven is the uh, two-year-old uh, Philly Pacers, and Mark McKelvey and I or and us were just talking about this New Year put on a pretty impressive performance against Allie Korn last week. Of course, Allie Korn draws post number two. Lions Sentinel is the talk of the town, has been no worse than second in her very young career. She draws the rail. Allie Korn is the hometown favorite. And then you have Priceless into the mix. This is a very competitive field. Yeah, this is one of my favorite fields on the card. Um, it's a nightmare 
for the uh, for that pick five that that they have starting in race six. But uh, you know, at, from a fan's point of view, it's really exciting. Even some of the ones that are a little bit higher in the morning line, like Lady Lou or Marlo Hanover. Marlo Hanover looked especially good last week, and a reflect with me was fantastic earlier on in the year, and she's still pretty good. This 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 is anyone's race, really. This is one of those races, Nick, where you're probably going to have to go, I don't know, four or five, maybe six deep. And that's what makes this pick five so difficult, um, like you said, I mean, because it increases the price of your ticket. But you don't know what anybody's going to do here. And then you've got horses like Baby, You're the Best, who um, who tried to rally late in the stretch, kind of tapered off just a little bit, made the final. Everything was good. Uh, was third in the kindergarten final, was second in Lexington, second in the Kentucky Sire Stakes final. While horses like Baby are the best finish second on a pretty consistent basis, they do sneak up and win once in a while. Yeah, you never know when something when something can set up in their favor. You know, two leaders go head to head because the Breeders' Crown and Baby are the best comes second over and 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 blows by them all or or sneaks up the rail. Anything can happen uh, in these races. And uh, I'm not sounding like a great analyst saying anything can happen, but my point is Baby are the best has a has a definite shot. All right, the two-year-old Colt and Gelding Trot featured on Friday night at Woodbine Mohawk Park, and it's another pretty competitive field. Amigo Volo returns to the races after making a break, closed hard, almost missed the final uh, after making a miscue. This is a horse that has really struggled uh, in the department of behaving himself. Um, he made a break in his last two starts, but that start in Lexington was one that I was really tough to ignore. Uh, was 50 cents on the dollar last week and finished seven beaten five and a quarter lengths, but was really coming strongly. Then you have Synergy, um, who won by a half a length, really closed home sharply for Yannick Jingra. Yeah, um, this is another one where I could really uh, see an upset. Um, I'm sorry, I'm a, I'm a, I, was cl- I was looking at the wrong program there, uh, really wondering what horses you were talking about. But yeah, uh, synergy. <laughs> it synergy. Uh, synergy surprised last week. That was a really nice mile from him, and uh, it really showed he can he can step he can step with this bunch. And I think this will be another uh, pretty exciting pretty exciting race. I also want to want to uh, brush over quickly the one horse beads uh, came from the two year old condition races at, at Mohawk and the and the grassroots, and and he went to the front and made the final. I think that's that's pretty impressive. Yeah, that was a pretty big step up, um, you know, and for him to handle it well, um, it you know, it really makes a case that Beads could race well off the rail, and uh, we'll have to wait and see what happens there. The two-year-old Colt and Gelding Pacers take center stage in the ninth race, and, you know, this is one of those races where you either have to use uh, the two favorites, which will be Poppy Rob Hanover and Tall Dark Stranger, or you sort of have to leave them off and hope that a horse like Major Betts can put things back together again. Um, Cattle Wash raced decently last week. Um, and then on the outside, you have horses like Catch the Fire and Put to the Right. Well, I don't know about that. I don't think I would ever uh, uh, exclude these these favorites because if I wanted to spread, I would spread. But they all they all just look like they have so much quality. But you're right. There are There is a lot of competition um, from all around, we have Freedom Warrior, whose whose limb performance wasn't ideal, but we've seen he can compete, like in the Sire Stakes uh, or at Lexington. Cattle Wash uh, has tapered off a little bit, but he was really good 
earlier in the season. Alleywag Hanover too. Uh, he started the season so well, and uh, you never know when they can just pop right back into form. So I haven't spread in this leg, but I I commend anyone. Uh, I would encourage anyone to take a shot in here. All right. Uh... Your dad says Lion Sentinel can't lose. So, uh, you know, that that's why we're doing the show and you're at work, you know? That's, you know, <laughs> that, that's right. That's why it. you're not doing the talking. No, I'm not kidding. <laughs> we also want to remind everyone that there's a $100,000 guaranteed pick five on both nights. There's a plethora of wagering opportunities. We'll get to that here in just a minute. I want to look at Saturday's program a little bit, Nick, and um, you know, there's the open mare pace, uh, Charton and Caviar Alley. You know, we, we know pretty much there um, what's going to come of that. Then you have the open uh, mare trot, which, if you ask me, Manchego can't lose. But then you have the three-year-old Philly trot. And I'm really looking forward to this race after last week's uh, kind of events. Uh, when Doves Cry uh, went to the lead. Got the trip and uh, didn't really close like I thought uh, like I thought she would. And then of course you have the Ice Duchess on the inside with Asiago who really made up a lot of ground. Uh, Twenty seven and four last quarter. Tim Tietrich gets the call again, and Tim Tietrich has really gotten along well with this filly. Yeah, you know uh, she, she her form. I don't think I don't think her uh, her chart lines do her justice. She's she's a terrific horse. She won that Sire Stakes final. We know she's capable of winning the big race from earlier on this season and uh and her two year old year. She's she she has quality, make no mistake. And she could upset, but I'm still going with when Duff's cry. Her I I don't I'm not worried by her performance last week. What do you think, Mike? No, not at all. I mean, she was only beaten a length. You know, it wasn't anything that, uh, he, you know, Simon wasn't, you know, going crazy on her. And that, I think, is pretty important to look at because if he's going crazy on her and she's not advancing, that's a real problem. Um, so I think that, uh, you know, I, I think she's got a big chance. Yeah, he just kind of kept he just kind of kept the whip steady, gave her a few taps. But uh, this week, I think we'll see we'll see the uh, we'll see the full extension of the wings of when doves cry for sure. <laughs> And we can't. Also, we can't. We we would be remiss to not mention the Ice Duchess. She uh, she looked really good last week. Even if, uh, yeah, she looked really good last week. Uh, don't let the 153 miles scare you. We know she can she can go faster than that, and and she might have to to win this race. But she's a, she's a great horse as well. All right. Before Tony Alanya comes on, let's argue a little bit about race number nine. And you, it features Bold Eagle versus the World, so to speak. You have Atlanta. In the field, you have – if I could get uh, – let's see. There's the scrolly thing to come up. Uh, you have Mission <laughs> Accepted, who I really think has a good chance here. Uh, got a 102 speed figure in that race at Yonkers uh, with a 223 and 4-mile. And people look at that, and they're going, wow, that was really slow. No, no, no. That was the that was the mile and a uh, mile and a quarter time. <laughs> I think maybe Mission Accepted might have needed the extra distance, but you never know. Atlanta, you have to throw out the Yonkers International Trot. I said it once. I'll say it again. If you she couldn't get the mile and an eighth, what makes anybody think she could get the mile and a quarter? I'm not really uh, not really certain there. Uh, but I think she deserves a uh, opportunity. But uh, what do you think here? Well, you can call me a bandwagoner if you want, or or whatever you want to call me, but I I got to go with Bull Eagle in here. He's he's one of Europe's greatest horses, I would say, of all time, and he's got Brian Sears. Um, but of course, of course, he's he's gonna he's gonna have to step up from what we've seen recently to beat uh, some of these great horses like Guardian Angel Oz 
Atlanta, like you mentioned, yeah, you you got to throw out the the international trot when she's back to a mile. I think she might be hard to stop. I mean, we saw she we saw we saw uh, her greatness again in the Maple Leaf trot. And if you look at those speed figures, like you're mentioning, she rarely actually dips below three figures. Yeah, I completely agree with you there. It's going to be a very, very competitive race, and I'm excited to see what happens. And uh, speaking of being competitive, and I, as I'm bringing him in here, I got to tell you, Tony, you are like going to be like the Todd Pletcher or the D. Wayne Lucas of the Breeders' Crown. You're going to you're going to send eight starters out this weekend. You're going to be a busy guy on Friday and Saturday night. Absolutely. Looking forward to it. You know, we love Canada and we love the racing up here. And, uh, you know, we had a really good go on our eliminations. And like I say, we're looking forward to it. All right. We're going to jump right into things uh, with Friday night's program. And you have a plethora of horses uh, throughout the night. But let's start with the sixth race. It's year old Philly Trotters. Let's talk a little bit about Ramona Hill. Uh, obviously, uh, post number 10, uh, you know, that's not ideal, but she's got a ton of speed. And I'll tell you what, her Breeders' Crown elimination was something that uh, w- was just something special. Uh, she was parked a mile, was 12 lengths back at the start, and still managed to close home in 28 and 2. This is a special filly. Yeah, you know, we've been high on her all along ever since we brought her out at the kindergarten at the Meadowlands earlier in the season. Uh, Angie tried to leave off the gate, and she just wasn't tracking as well. As she normally would, and he kind of uh, had to gather up uh, getting off the gate and lost a few lengths. And then going into the first turn, she'd never run in in her life. She'd always ran out, and uh, she started to run in a little bit, so he had to gather up again. And then after that, you know, if you watch, of course, the replay, like I know you guys had, she went an amazing heat. I mean, she was parked every step of the way and still was closing. And, uh, you know, it was almost if she had a little more racetrack, she would have got up for second. She was she was scary. So. All right, Tony. Let's let's shift focus to uh, one of the more one, one of, in my opinion, one of the more competitive races on the card. You've got Line Scent. Well, you don't have it, but there's Line Scent, Alicorn Prices, New Year. You've got Lady Lou. Um, she's been there or thereabouts a few weeks in a row, second by length and three quarters in the in the stallion. Um, what kind of preparations have you made? What? Uh, how do you think you're going to get get that next step up and get her the win here? You know, and she raced in the She's a Great Lady up here. She was blocked till late. When she got shook loose late, she she had as much go as uh, as the winner and the second-place finisher had. Uh, when we took her to Lexington, uh, she ended up on the front end. I don't think that's her style. I think she's much more of a filly that likes to uh, track horses down. So we reverted back to that style, and, you know, she was way far out of it and uh, on a track that was really favoring the front, and she closed up to be a good set. A priceless who's a filly that uh you know we knew she was a good filly but she was really an unknown quantity going against uh the grand circuit fillies till the other night so you know our biggest hope is that the fillies mix it up and uh we get some good pack you know good fractions to close into and you'll get a shot now tony let's talk a little bit about captain midnight and the two-year-old colton gelding pace you elected to take the bye into the final uh coming off a really good performance in the international stallion uh where uh he won by uh three and a quarter lengths in 149 and four you got to be happy with the way that he's training up to this race um it, what what went into the decision to go ahead and take the bye and uh what do you expect from him on uh friday night 
Yeah, we I alluded to it a little bit the other night, or excuse me, the other day during the uh, Breeders' Crown uh, press conference for the draw. Uh, we'd had a filly named Nikki Beach as a two-year-old. It was a very nice filly, and uh, the ended up they were uh, having an elimination to uh, to, uh, to to eliminate one horse. And we decided we needed the race, so we'd go ahead and race, even though we'd been offered a buy because we only had to beat one horse. And she drew the ten hole right on the uh, crown at uh, the old Woodbine, and eliminated. So I said to myself, uh, "I have it." So anytime I'm offered a buy, I take it, and I figure I can, you know, have my horses fit enough to go into the race that uh, hopefully they don't need it. Um, I was fortunate enough to have Andy McCarthy and Dexter come into Mohawk on Saturday and we've seen treacherous rain, American history and captain midnight together to the bike and uh, very trained it sets all three horses up uh, for the weekend. Now, Tony, let's talk about uh, the three-year-old Philly pace for just a minute. You bring in two horses into this race in treacherous rain and tall drink Hanover. Let's start with treacherous rain. Uh, Dexter Dunn will drive uh, was sort of stung to the first quarter in the uh, Glen Garnsey at Lexington and, you know they were they were going some pretty good fractions twenty six and two fifty three and two those are that, that that's a pretty torrid pace to get stung to but uh, Dexter made the lead with treacherous rain and kind of got a little leg weary towards the end uh, really good effort come home still in twenty eight seconds uh, just got passed by like w- the likes of Warwe U Butte and Queen of the Pride uh, you've got to be happy with the way she's training up to this race yeah very much so you know she she came off of two heats in the jug yet which uh, you know she raced hard heats. And then uh, we came in right into uh, Lexington, and, you know, she won first over, went a big trip the first week there. And I think, you know, just four hard trips in a row caught up with her the second week. And, you know, being stung that hard, the opening three-eighths of a mile, it took its toll on her. Um, but week off and the way she trained, you know, she seems as good as ever right now. And, uh, you know, Tall Drink uh, didn't fire the first week, and then she was locked in and loaded uh, the second week. So, you know, and I was very happy with how she raced her elimination. You know, it's very tough to chase it over you, Butte, when she's on the front. And he, uh, tall drink, it takes her a couple steps back to go with her. But you know, she got home in 26 flat, and, uh, you know, uh, where we you, Butte, is extremely sharp right now. But uh, I think my Phillies are coming to two good races as well. Now, Tony, let's, let me ask you about Tall Drink Hanover really quick. And one thing I think, you know, you, you said something about Chase and Warwe, you Butte, and the elimination. One thing I think people kind of need to, you know, notice is that Tall Drink Hanover was making up ground in that final quarter. And, you know, 26 flat, I mean, she came home just as fast as Warwe, you Butte. She's got, a, she's got a decent opportunity to maybe uh, spring an upset here. Yeah, I believe so. You know, somebody uh, had mentioned the other day, you know, that, uh, you know, impossible to beat War with you, Butte. And I said, she's a great filly. She has been all year. But I said, both of my fillies have beat her before. So it wouldn't be a shock if they beat her again. So, you know, I just have to get my fillies there in the best shape possible and uh, leave that up to Andy. But uh, like I say, when War Review Boot took off at the head of the lane, you know, Taldrick, it takes her a couple steps to but she's also a big set of lungs on her, and like you say, she was closing back in at the wire. All right, now let's shift to uh, one of the one of the more competitive fields, I think, of the entire of the entire event. You've got American history in the open pace, along with the likes of Jimmy uh, against the likes of Jimmy Freight, Courtly Choice, 
Dorsey Duro, Hanover McWicked, geez, Joe. Um, but American history is having a really good, having a really good season. I think uh, kind of caught fire there in September, won the Quillen. And uh, you, you just kind of got bad luck with those two posts at, at Yonkers and Lexington there. And uh, he was really game in the Dan Rooney. Yeah. Yeah, he really was, you know, he was just in a really bad spot, you know, in Lexington, he ended four and five wide early. I mean, halfway through the Lexington and that's to, to keep closing like he was after doing that is unheard of. And, uh, you know, to be, to be, uh, to be as close as he was at the wire just speaks volumes of how sharp the horse is right now. But, you know, when you're in competitive event like that with those horses, you can't give up any lengths. And that's unfortunately what we had to do when we were wide that early, you know, we come back, we go to the Dan Rooney and, uh, he draws the eight hole or so second. Uh, in the race we were following, but we were two lengths off of him, and that's what we got beat. The margin for the whole race was the two lengths. So I mean, he was he was very good uh, race, you know. And luckily, he gets to draw inside post for once. So you know, hope it sets him up to show everybody what he can do. All right, Tony. Well, listen. Thanks so much for taking time out of your busy day. I know you got a lot going on in Canada. Best of luck coming up this weekend. And listen, uh, make sure you take a break and breathe after uh, all 12 Breeders' Crown races are done, man. Absolutely. Won't be long. I'll be in Florida, so I'll take a lot of deep breaths then. Don't, 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 let, me train, don't let me train any of your horses, okay? Uh, we're, we're ready. We're ready on. for uh, two. Say what? <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thanks, man. All right, trainer Tony Alanya joined the uh, program here, and what a contingent he has coming up on Friday and Saturday night, Nick. And, you know, I, I got to train one of his horses, uh, escaped to the beach, and uh, you notice who's not in the Breeders' Crown. So I think he publicly uh, publicly uh, doesn't <laughs> like me too much for that. <laughs> yeah, I think it's kind of a like a, a, a media race thing with my dad. He... Uh, he raced on a horse once, and I don't think it's won a race since. So, yeah, Mike, that that one's on you. Great job. <laughs> All not, right, we're gonna take a quick. T- go ahead. No, go ahead. Not 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 saying there's the that 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 horse is any worse, but yeah, it's it's definitely your fault, Mike. Ah, uh, you know, it, it, it's so easy to blame the help, isn't it? You know, it's just, <laughs> it's just the way it is. All right. Pete Wren is in the on-deck circle. We'll talk some chin-chin haul when we come back on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by the United States Trotting Association and Bet America. We'll be right back. Post Time, gates moving. They're off, and it is on. Every year, the Harness Horse Youth Foundation travels the country to share the love of harness racing with the next generation. The Harness Horse Youth Foundation educates, introducing youth to new friends and opportunities. The Harness Horse Youth Foundation has been a positive influence in the lives of thousands of young people since 1976. Learn how you can support bringing kids and horses together, building a stronger future for the sport. Visit hhyf.org. That's hhyf.org. Bring in the new year right with Metal. The Meadowlands racing season is just heating up with large fields, bigger purses, nightly promotions, and some of the greatest restaurants in New Jersey. There are plenty of places to catch all of the exciting action. 
First post on Friday and Saturday nights is 715. For more information and reservations, call 201-THE-BIG-M or visit PlayMetalands.com. Are you interested in learning more about owning standard bred racehorses? Do you want to experience the excitement of driving a standard bred? Owning a racehorse is a once-in-a-lifetime experience and not as difficult as you may think. The United States Trotting Association wants to help make your ownership dreams a reality. Contact a member of the Ownership Concierge team by email at owners at ustrotting.com or by calling 877-800-8782, extension 5555. We're back on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by the United States Trotting Association and Bet America Live from the USTA studios in Columbus, Ohio. What a great program it's been thus far. Still have a lot of great guests coming up, and we're joined now by Peter Wren. Pete, how are we doing this morning? Hey, it's all good, guys. How's everything with you? Not too bad. Uh, listen, let's talk some Chin Chin Hall. Uh, you, you guys enter Saturday's Breeders' Crown off a really good effort uh, in the Breeders' Crown elimination against Don't Let Them. Uh, and Greenman Alishi, who Chin Chin Hall actually went by, uh, talk to us a little bit about what he's been like uh, to drive this year and uh, how he kind of matured from two to three. Yeah, he's getting it together. It's this time of year. You know, he was good. Uh, he got good this time of year last year. Uh, I think he's going to be a very, very good horse. He was, uh, he was very professional in his elimination. Uh, I thought he was, when I first come off Green Malishi's back, I thought I actually had a shot of winning, but, you know, don't let him was very strong at the wire too. So it was a, it was a very good effort. We couldn't have been any happier. It was all good. Now I want to ask a little bit about yourself. Uh, it says, it actually says, in the Friday program that you drove, you drove uh, a horse to victory in 1996 in, in the Breeders' Crown. It, it has like an on this day thing. And uh, I just want to ask you a little bit about your journey as a driver, like uh, how, how your career has led up to this point. Oh, you know, it, you're only following what you got in front of you, you know, and I've been lucky enough to have some nice horses and, and they, uh, they, you know, that, if that's the case, is sometimes they get taken to the winter circle, you know. And, you know, if I got nothing to play with, well, we do what we can. But I feel like I got a good shot this year. And, Pete, let's talk about what it's like to participate in a race like this. Obviously, uh, it takes a lot of work and a lot of effort to get horses prepped and ready for a race like the Breeders' Crown. And, you know, it, it's it's pretty much a, a shot in the dark. You don't know when they're yearlings, what, you know, what they're going to be uh, completely capable of. And, of course, anything can happen. What's it like to participate in a r- race like this, and what's it mean to you? Oh, this is, you know, this is what it's all about. I think, you know, anybody that – says differently is wrong or kidding themselves because you know this is this all comes down to the breeder's crown and and uh you know they're in you know they're going to put on a great show and uh the publicity of it and uh, you know and and if it's uh if it's rewarding it's 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 a proud effort so you know it, hey i'm proud to be in part of it this weekend and uh anybody that isn't well then maybe they shouldn't be in the horse racing <laughs> um, do you do anything differently 
heading into these big races? Like you, you've had your fair share of them, but uh, do you ever get do you ever get nervous, or do you do you have a, a routine you like to do, like maybe some porridge in the morning? No, no, I really don't. Uh, it's you know it's the same. You can try to keep your head on your shoulders. Hopefully things go right. Um, no, it was a routine differently. No, not at all. Not at all. Pete, one last question before we let you go. One thing that's really hard to ignore about Chin Chin Hall is his versatility. Um, he can rate the fractions. He can sit off the pace. He can sit off anybody's back. You know, that, that, that's something that is really special in a horse like, uh, like Chin Chin Hall because that versatility doesn't come from everybody. There's horses that like to be on the lead. There's horses that like to come from off the pace. But, you know, the, the versatility of Chin Chin Hall is something you don't see in a lot of horses. Yeah, and especially for the amount of starts he's had, you know, uh, he, he's he's he can you know he he can step out of there if we want him to, uh, just like a lot of horses. I think he'd rather be a you know he'd rather track him, and uh, you know there's gonna I, I participate a little speed in there. I think there's gonna be a couple horses pushing out, and um, maybe it'll be me. I'm not sure. We'll see how it plays when the gate folds. All right. Well, Pete, listen, special thanks for joining us this morning and uh, best of luck coming up on Saturday. And uh, we'll be looking forward to uh, looking forward to seeing you. And who knows, maybe we'll see you in the winter circle. That'd be great. Thanks a lot, guys. All right. That is Pete Wren, who will drive Chin Chin Hall on a Saturday night. And one thing about it, uh, Nick, is just the amount of versatility he has uh, with this horse and the amount of confidence all of their connections really exude uh, with this horse. It's going to be interesting to see what Chin Chin Hall has come Saturday night. Yes, the five hole is, is, is a great post at Mohawk because you can do whatever you want. You can leave out, you can take back, and, and you'll you'll almost always find a cof- comfortable spot. So I'm really curious to see what the strategy is going to be like uh, come Saturday. But uh, And I, I think he's got a real chance, like uh, like Pete alluded to. Um, green Shoe looks like Green Shoe, let, let's face it. But, <laughs> you know, Chin Chin Hall's a great horse. If he gets that trip, if, if Peter drives him – uh, well, as as I know he can, he could come out on top. All right. We're going to take one final time out and bring Chris Page on. We're going to talk a little bit about the 2019 Breeders' Crown for Chris Page and mission accepted in the Breeders' Crown Open Trot. And uh, maybe maybe we'll get Chris, to, Chris and I to tell a few stories uh, from, from years back. You've got Post Time with Mike and Mike presented by the United States Trotting Association and Bet America. We'll be right back. The Jason Beam Horse Racing Podcast, brought to you by Twinspire, is your home for daily thoroughbred horse racing conversation. Join host Jason Beam as he discusses racing from around the country, interviews jockeys, trainers, media personalities, and horse players every Monday through Friday. The show can be found at Twinspires.com or on iTunes, Spreaker, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts from. The Jason Beam Horse Racing Podcast, brought to you by Twinspire. Southern Oaks has been the winter home of many great horses competing in several different stakes programs. It's home to leading trainers such as Irv Miller, John Shane, Eddie Lohmeyer, and Ian Moore, just to name a few. The farm is conveniently located within 45 minutes of both the Orlando Airport and Daytona Beach in sunny Florida. Southern Oaks, arguably the best training surface in all of Florida, has stalls for rent for the winter season. For more information, visit southernoakstraining.com. That's southernoakstraining.com. 
from the edge of your seat start to the white knuckle finishes. Horse racing is truly a ride unlike any other. One that the Pennsylvania Horse Racing Association intends to preserve in the Keystone State for years and years to come. From our breeders to track operators to you, the fan. PHRA is here to bring everyone together for the benefit of the sport we love and the majestic athletes we adore. Learn more about the PHRA's mission at PennHorseRacing.com. Brought to you by the Pennsylvania Horse Racing Association. We're back on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by the United States Trotting Association and Bet America. Mike Carter, joined by Nick Barnsdale, who's stepping in for Mike Bozich, who is away off duty this week. And we're joined now by the man, Chris Page. Chris, first off, congratulations on uh, your nuptials. Hey, thanks. Uh, likewise to you, we're not too far behind. Uh, if I have a problem, remember when day, what date I got married. I'm just going to ask you because I think it was about a month behind. So congratulations <laughs> to you too, Michael. Appreciate it, man. Well, listen, let's talk a little bit about Saturday night and what a chance you have with mission accepted <clears throat> in the Breeders' Crown Open uh, Trot Final. Uh, what a field it is. But before we dive into the race itself, let's talk a little bit about the Harry Harvey he had to come three wide off the turn. Obviously, Yannick was in the bike that day, but uh, I know you had to probably see the race. And, you know, he, he really drew off uh, to win pretty decisively, close home in 28-3. and three. Considering it was a mile-and-a-quarter race, he won pretty easily. Yeah, actually, I watched the race pretty intently. Um, kind of a fan of the horse. A uh, little background, um, The uh, one of the owners, Knox Services, I grew up as a kid a couple houses down from him, so that kind of makes it extra special. Plus, my tax accountant, David Wills, owns a piece of the horse. So, uh, you know, kind of been rooting for the connections right along. Um, but, yeah, I watched the race, and uh, Ronnie, I talked to him. He said if the track's good, like it was at Yonkers, he's going to pull all four shoes. And uh, the horse really likes it. I mean, I think he went faster than the international trot did that day. I mean, granted, he got a perfect trip, but still uh, faster than the international trot. That was very impressive. Now that's a little juicy piece of information. He he's going shoeless, uh, maybe. Um, thanks for yeah, that. Yeah, depending Chris. on the track surface, you know. Okay. Yeah. Um. Now I, I want to talk a little bit about yourself. You came from from the Ohio Fair Circuit. That's where you started out, and uh, now you're now you're starting another Breeders' Crown race. Um, what? How did you How did you break through and and get to this point? Well, I mean, I don't think there's any one one thing I can say, but. You know, uh, I might not be the most talented guy in the world or this side or the other, but one thing that I have strived is uh, hard work. You know, I, I, I show up to work every day. You know, I do my homework. I study the program, you know, um, talk to the trainers, talk to the owners, talk to the other drivers. Just, uh, you know, put my best foot forward every day. Now, Chris, let's talk a little bit about another drive that you have coming up on a Friday night. You will drive Looks Good in a Romper in the two-year-old Breeders' Crown Philly Pace. And what a, we were talking a little bit ago about how wide open this uh, race really is. Uh, you had a horse like Priceless come in off the Indiana Sire Stakes circuit. We didn't know what she was going to be like. And boy, was she uh, She turned out to be a, a very special filly. But you bring Looks Good in a Romper here for trainer Ron Burke. Uh, how's she been training up to the race, and uh, what are your expectations? Well, um, the filly is, is bar none the best two-year-old filly I've ever drove in my career. So, one, she's always going to hold a special place in my heart. Uh, 
she only has one bad mark on her report card, and that was Lexington going against Grand Circuit uh, action in the international pace. And uh, I was a little disappointed. She got beat two or three lengths, paced a mile and 51. It looks good on the on the program. You know, I did, she did finish six, but it wasn't. She wasn't herself. And uh, afterwards, uh, Ronnie called me up and said she was sick. You know, so that explains a lot. So this last week, I mean, she kind of come off kind of a stale date, a couple weeks in between, coming off a sick, a sick race. You know, so I was a little bit uh, worried. But he said she got it, they got her cleaned up. And uh, last week, if you were able to watch her race, you know, I sat in, sat in, sat in. I was last at the top of the stretch. And she passed four horses down the stretch to finish third. And uh, even if you watch after the wire, here's the greatest part about it. She had sneaky late pace. After the wire, she's passed the two winners. So she thought she won the race. Um, I actually talked to Ronnie yesterday, and he said she had a very good week. So um, I'm looking for, like, upset city right here, like Dickie V, baby. I'm, I like the draw. Um, I have a feeling, you know, with Priceless um, – Alley corn, you know, they're going to mix it up early. They're going to be fast fractions. Um, I'm definitely going to get a shot of racing this mare. And uh, I think I think she can go with these fillies. Now, now I want to ask you about uh, your your other drive. Uh, you got you have a mainstay on the Grand Circuit for a long time now, Filibuster Hanover. Uh, he's five, and he's, he's been up with these horses for a long time. And uh, last week he was really good. But uh, you drove him twice. You got him third in the at, at uh, Hoosier there, um, and the pacing derby. What uh, what did you know? What did you notice about this horse uh, that you can take into this that, this event? Uh, like you said, just a tough old horse. Well, he's not really old, but he's been banging on the Grand Circuit now for a couple years. Uh, but I did. Ronnie did mention something about this horse. He's been on the Aquasizer all week long, and. Uh, the horse trained yesterday over at the Meadows, and Ronnie said this is the best he's trained all year long. Very sound, uh, trained good, just minus the nine hole. You know, that's going to make uh, – I got my work cut out for me there, but, hey, I'm on the gate, and, and, and I'm in the race. So, you know, the horse is coming in with a good week. I I can get some money in there somehow, some way. And Chris, one last question. Uh, obviously, you've been here before with Baron Remy, but uh, you've got some very nice, talented horses both Friday and Saturday night. What's it like to drive in a premier event like the Breeders' Crown, and what would it mean to, mean to you to win uh, any of those races on either Friday or Saturday? One, it's just an honor that that the trainers slash owners entrust me in driving their investments. Uh, you know, I'm not saying I made it, but that, that definitely uh, – that definitely uh, puts a good feeling inside, and to win something like this, I've been a, I've been a fan of the sport since 1994. I know that's kind of date me, but that was my first little brown jug, and I haven't really missed a big race since. So to win something like this would just, it would, it would definitely towards the end of the year would put the icing on the cake for the 2019 season for me. All right, Chris. Well, listen, good luck coming up this weekend. Uh, I know I'll be rooting for you. Some uh, being a fellow Ohio guy, uh, we go a little bit further back. And uh, listen, uh, you know, hopefully we'll be seeing you in the winter circle. Guys, appreciate you having me. Thanks a lot. And we'll see you up there, Michael. All right. That was driver Chris Page, who has a trio of drives coming up 
on Friday and Saturday. Nick, what a weekend we have in store for us. Friday and Saturday night, the Breeders' Crown takes center stage at Woodbine Mohawk Park. I am super excited. I don't think it's going to be favorite city. I think there's some long bombers that we have to look for. Yeah, and uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna mention real quick um, the Canadian hero um, that is uh, for bin trade won the Hambo and uh, you know he ate to one on the morning line and uh, I think that that's just plain disrespectful. He's a he's a fantastic horse. Um, you can't overlook those miles in the super final and the gold. He's he's superb. Those are no slouches he's racing against. They're not. They're not as good as these horses, but those are some really good horses racing against. And uh, as as we've seen in the Hambo, he can he can he can upset. He's a really good horse. I think uh, Luke Blay will have gotten him in great condition for this race. Bob McClure is a is a great up and coming driver. He can get him going from the eight hole. Uh, the eight hole is actually not as bad as you might think in Mohawk. Uh, he can certainly uh, show some speed or or get a hole. And um, I think he's got a great shot. Of dethroning the monster green shoe. I also want to uh, want to plug something real quick. If you want to read about uh, my experience at the limbs last week, head on over to harnessracing.com. I got an article coming up there at four o'clock. All right. Well, listen. Good. Good. Good stuff. You got. Got. You're writing. You're doing the show. Listen, Nick. Certainly appreciate you taking time out of uh, your day to join us here and uh, step in for Mike. Oh, it's been a pleasure, Mike. I'm so glad to do it. Thanks for having me on. All right. We'll see everybody back here tomorrow with a first post of 8.30, 8 o'clock on a Saturday. Enjoy yourselves and don't have too much fun at the 2019 Breeders' Crown. We'll see everybody back tomorrow night, first post, 8.30. Good night, everybody. Can't stay here I know